Hello, divers. Coming to you from Studio D. This is the Deep Dive Microcast, a brief look into things I find interesting, and I hope you do too. I'm Tom Feeney, raconteur, pet attorney, and writer for Wingshop Movie Magazine. In this edition of the Deep Dive Microcast, we dive into the history of an iconic character based on an even more iconic character. Not a mere sidekick, mind you, but a hero in her own right. The Dark Knight Damsel, Batgirl. has been in the news recently because of a recent and somewhat bewildering decision by Warner Brothers to refrain from releasing the nearly completed Batgirl movie at all. More on that later. Now this dive will not be an examination of the character of Batgirl or her alter ego Barbara Gordon. We don't have that kind of time. We're looking at the different representations of the character in media, comic books, television, and movies. In order to do that, we must first look at the inspiration for Batgirl, the original caped crusader, Batman. The Batman first appeared in issue number 27 of Detective Comics on March 30th, 1939. The brainchild of Bob Kane and Bill Finger, the Dark Knight went through many iterations in his lengthy publication history from dark and mysterious to campy and silly, and back to dark and mysterious again. Batman has endured as one of the so-called holy trinity of golden age superheroes, alongside Superman and Wonder Woman. And just as long-running TV shows will add new characters to spice things up and try to stay fresh and relevant, so do comics. The first new cast member of the Batman comic was, of course, Robin the Boy Wonder. His first appearance was in 1940, only a year after Batman himself made his debut. The idea was that Robin was a character that kids could relate to. Now, the mere notion of an adult like Batman living with a 12-year-old boy was enough to stir up controversy even back then. So to quell any notion of inappropriate behavior going on between the pages, the character of Kathy Kane, AKA Batwoman, was introduced in 1956 as a love interest for Batman. But poor Robin was left out. So a few years later, Kathy Kane's niece, Betty, was introduced and became the first incarnation of Batgirl. Thus began what was called the Batman family. Batman, Batwoman, Robin, Batgirl, and yes, Ace the Bathound. I'm serious. They had a dog with a bat costume. Now this was going on during the campy and silly years of the Batman comics. But that all came to an end in 1964 when the word came down from DC Comics' editorial department to return Batman to a more serious and somber solo character. 
that meant shipping Robin off to college and basically forgetting that Batwoman, Batgirl, and the poor Bathound ever existed. Ironically, just as the revamped darker Batman was being introduced in comic books, a new television show was taking the character backwards, back to the campy and silly version. In 1966, Batman premiered on the ABC television network. It was an immediate smash-bang-pow hit. The show turned the Dark Knight detective into a paunchy goody-two-shoes walking public service announcement. The show ran in primetime twice a week, Wednesdays and Thursdays. The Wednesday show ended on a cliffhanger, and the Thursday show picked up right where it left off. It was an ingenious idea. And you also had 60s-era celebrities like Vincent Price and Burgess Meredith play the iconic Batman villains, and there were cool gadgets and, of course, the Batmobile. By the time the third and final season came around in 1967, America was changing rapidly for all the reasons you might think. Television viewers were turning their attention elsewhere. Ratings for Batman had been steadily slipping. Something had to be done to bring in new energy. That something was Batgirl. She even got her own somewhat dated theme song. version had nothing to do with the prior Betty Kane character from the 50s comics. This bad girl was librarian Barbara Gordon, the daughter of police commissioner James Gordon. This bad girl was played by Yvonne Craig, a former ballerina turned actor. Her training as a dancer helped her get the role, which was quite physically demanding. She also was the only one who knew how to ride a motorcycle. The addition of Batgirl to the Batman show did in fact add a new fresh energy, but 
it was too little, too late. Batman was cancelled in 1968 after its third season. Yvonne Craig would make one final appearance as Batgirl, however. Six years after the cancellation of the Batman TV show, she would again play Batgirl alongside Batman and Robin for a rather unusual public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Labor. A ticking bomb means trouble for Batman and Robin. Holy breaking and entering! It's Batgirl! Quick, Batgirl. Untie us before it's too late. It's already too late. I've worked for you a long time and I'm paid less than Robin. Same job, same employer means equal pay for men and women. No time for jokes, Batgirl. It's no joke. It's the federal equal pay law. Holy act of Congress! If you're not getting equal pay, contact the Wage and Hour Division, U.S. Department of Labor. Yes, that was way back in 1974, and women are still trying to get equal pay for equal work. Fun fact, the Batman in that public service announcement was not Adam West. It was actually a different actor, a man named Dick Gautier, because at the time, Adam West was trying to distance himself from the Batman character because he was being typecast in that type of role. Yvonne Craig went on to appear in many roles, including as a, a green Orion slave girl in the original Star Trek, as well as episodes of Love American Style, Land of the Giants, and The Six Million Dollar Man. She passed away in 2015 at the age of 78. In an early attempt at corporate synergy, a new version of the comic book Batgirl premiered around the same time as the TV character. This would be the longest running take on the character who is still active in DC Comics. It would also be the most controversial as this Barbara Gordon was shot and paralyzed by the Joker in the classic comic book tale, The Killing Joke, back in 1988. No longer able to physically fight crime, Gordon takes on the name Oracle and helps Batman as his tech and information expert. Now the Barbara Gordon Batgirl made many appearances in animated TV series and movies over the last 50 years, voiced by numerous actors including Rosario Dawson, Mae Whitman, Stockard Channing, and Angie Harmon. Batgirl wouldn't make another live action appearance until 1997. A rather polarizing appearance, depending upon your feelings about Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. There will come a time when Gotham City shall witness the ultimate conflict of justice. Sending me to the cooler. George Clooney is Batman. Now, didn't your mother ever tell you not to play with guns? 
I hate when people talk during the movie. Chris O'Donnell is Robin. Tell me and I'll kiss you. Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy. Kiss me and I'll tell you. This is why Superman works alone. And Alicia Silverstone is Batgirl. Chicks like you give women a bad name. A lethal cocktail of ice with a dash of venom. An awesome challenge for our heroes in black. A film by Joe Schumacher. Batman and Robin. Tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming. Depending on who you talk to, Batman and Robin is either the worst Batman film ever made or just the worst film ever made, period. Alicia Silverstone put on the extremely tight Batsuit for the role and really didn't have much to do except snoop around and find the Batcave. Once more, she wasn't even Barbara Gordon. She was Barbara Wilson the butler Alfred's niece. The film itself was critically panned and grossed the least amount of money for any modern Batman film. Silverstone got a lot of criticism, but not for her performance. Sadly, it was for her weight. Many in the media thought body shaming her was somehow acceptable, even taking to calling her fat girl in some instances. Now, those critics could be described as another one of Silverstone's films, Clueless. It would be the early 2000s before the character would be seen in live action again. The TV series Birds of Prey that aired on the now-defunct WB network featured the Oracle version of the Barbara Gordon character, once again paralyzed after being shot by the Joker. The character was portrayed by Starship Troopers actor Dina Meyer. Birds of Prey only lasted for one season. Legend tells of a caped crusader, Batman, guardian of New Gotham, and his one true love, Catwoman, the queen of the criminal underworld. Their passion left behind something extraordinary. A daughter, Huntress. Half metahuman, she has taken up her father's mantle and fights to protect the innocent and helpless. Joining her in this struggle, Oracle, once Batman's protege, Batgirl. She was caught in the crossfire of the war between Batman and Joker. Now she fights crime a different way. A master of the cyber realms and trainer to heroes. Another actor, Savannah Welch, would also play Barbara Gordon, but not as Oracle or Batgirl. This time as Police Commissioner Barbara Gordon, in the current DC series Titans on HBO Max. And that, my friends, brings us to the recent events surrounding the latest planned and then scrapped incarnation of Batgirl. In 2017, writer-director Joss Whedon was hired by Warner Brothers to take on a big-budget theatrical Batgirl film. A year later, he left the project ostensibly because he couldn't come up with a good storyline. However, there was also concern that a male writer-director would be in charge of a female-driven movie. 
So a new writer, Christina Hodson, was hired to craft the screenplay. And the directing duo of Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala took on directing chores. After helming the successful third film in the Bad Boys franchise, Bad Boys for Life. Latina singer and actor Leslie Grace got the prime role of Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl. She began her career as a recording artist, quickly gaining fame and acclaim for her Tropics-inspired Dominican music. Grace's breakthrough came when she was cast as Nina Rosario in the feature film adaptation of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Broadway musical, In the Heights. It was her stellar performance in that film that won her the role in Batgirl. Sadly, whatever performance she has given as the Dark Knight damsel may never see the light of day. The film even brought back Michael Keaton's Batman, marking his first appearance in the Batsuit since Batman Returns in 1992. Now, the Batgirl movie was set to be released on the HBO Max streaming service sometime later this year. That is no longer the case. On August 2nd, 2022, the studio, now called Warner Brothers Discovery, canceled Batgirl as it was in its post-production phase. The movie, that was estimated to cost over $90 million, had finished filming in March of this year. According to the studio, there will be no release of Batgirl. Not on HBO Max, not in theaters. It's officially canceled. But why? Why would a movie studio spend that much money, go through all that effort, casting actors, building sets, hiring a massive crew of filmmakers, only to toss it away like so much garbage? The answers are, to put it mildly, murkier than a foggy night in Gotham City. It starts in May of 2021 when an unprecedented merger between two huge media conglomerates was announced. One was Warner Media, who owned such brands as CNN, HBO Max, TNT, Cartoon Network, Turner Classic Movies, and of course, DC Comics. The other, Discovery Incorporated, owned cable channels like Food Network, HGTV, DIY Network, and Animal Planet. The merger created the new company called Warner Brothers Discovery with former Discovery CEO David Zaslav taking on the role of president and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, a merger between two giant corporations means budget cuts, lots of budget cuts. Since there would be a lot of jobs overlapping between the two merging companies, those jobs are usually the first to go. After that, the powers that be look for other ways to cut costs and maximize profits. Batgirl seems to be a victim of this new regime's desire to tighten the corporate belt. A Warner Brothers Discovery spokesperson gave the following statement to the press. The decision to not release Batgirl reflects our leadership's strategic shift as it relates to the DC Universe and HBO Max. Leslie Grace is an incredibly talented actor, and this decision is not a reflection of her performance. We are incredibly grateful to the filmmakers and cast of Batgirl, and we hope to collaborate with everyone again in the near future. 
So kind of a non-answer answer. But there is much speculation about the true reasons behind the film's untimely demise. Several media outlets reported that test screenings of Bad Girl were somewhat less than positive. Comments like the film looked cheap or more like a pilot for a TV series were common. Apparently, Warner Brothers was prepared to spend an additional seven to nine million dollars on reshoots and upgrades to give Batgirl a shot at a theatrical release. That never happened. A more realistic and perhaps more boring answer is that Warner Brothers Discovery planned to take Batgirl's ninety million dollar budget as a tax write-off, part of the newly formed company's desire to cut costs. Whatever the reasons, the announcement took many by surprise, including the cast and crew who found out from an article in the New York Post, not from anyone at Warner Brothers Discovery. Not cool. This leaves the mostly completed Batgirl in a weird kind of limbo. It's the most expensive film to ever be canceled outright. The question remains, what will happen to it? Will it ever get an official release somewhere? Will some enterprising Hollywood underling find a way to leak it to the public? Hint, hint. I think I speak for many others when I say that the mere fact that it was canceled makes me want to see Batgirl even more. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at the deep dive podcast gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to all of those and our merchandise store in the bio of our Instagram page. From all of us here at Studio D, which again is just me and my cat, Stay safe and take care. All clips used in the Deep Dive microcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Lounge theme was arranged and performed by Robert Acorn based on the original composition by Ryan Blaney. The Deep Dive microcast is a production of Automaton Studios. this mean curtains? Will the identities of our dynamic duo be revealed to the whole world? Is this the end of their career as crime fighters? Can they avert disaster? Answers tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>